Good morning, afternoon and evening Fruitball fans and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Fruitball Weekly, the film review podcast where we give you all the juicy details and thought-provoking opinions on the movie of the week. And we also contain 100% spoilers. So grab a snack, pour a drink and get comfy for another Fruitful Review. I'm your host, Ramra, joined by my co-host, Kitchen! Hello! Oh, very spoopy. Very spoopy indeed. You've just had an encounter of the spoopy kind. And along those lines, that's the film that we're reviewing, Encounter of the Spooky Kind, a martial arts supernatural comedy film directed by Sammo Hung and released in 1980. Encounter of the Spooky Kind is the tale of Bold Chung, played by Sammo Hung, and his need to track down the person who is trying to kill him for unknown reasons. Assisted by Taoist Monk Su, played by Fat Chung, as they hunt down the evil black magic monk Chin Hoi, played by Lung Chan, to stop him from trying to kill Chung. Man, what a fun film this is. Can I just say, Encounter of the Spooky Kind, what a great addition to this month of spoops and scares. I mean, I wouldn't really class this as a horror, because I don't think it classes itself as a horror, really. <laughs> but it's just its just a fun film. Start to finish, I think I loved every minute of it. I kind of just want to get the actual story out the way with, because as much as the story itself is actually kind of good, like it's there, it makes sense, they establish some things that come back... The film itself kind of just really establishes it and then sort of just goes, yeah, that's not really what you're here for. Like, the film knows for a fact that you're here for, like, wacky shenanigans. You're here for some sick-ass fights. But the actual story itself, you've got adultery. Bald Chung's wife is sleeping with Mayor, Mayor Tao, Tan. What's his name? Mayor Tan. It's Tam. Mayor Tam. That's the one. It's Tam. And Chung finds this out. Well, he kind of finds it out. He hears them, right? He actually hears them. Well, and catches perverts looking yes, in as well. catches perverts looking in as well. And then due to some sort of Scooby-Doo escape tactics, it's like, oh my God, I'm sorry, wife. I thought you were cheating on me, but clearly you are extremely faithful. Now I feel bad. But wait a minute, that's a size 9 shoe, you dangus! That, that looks like a MacGuffin to that me. That looks like a straight up MacGuffin. I ain't no size feet, 9 feet man, not me. And that sends him on kind of a spiral? Actually, oh, does it? Does it? Does that resolve? She kind of just goes, maybe your feet are big. And then it's just like, I'm done, I guess. It does come back in the end. It reuses the element of the shoe far later in the film, and actually in the film's conclusion, as a way to defeat the evil wizard. Yes. But that's all that really happens with the shoe. But the neat thing is, is Bold Chung is carrying around that shoe for the entirety of the film from that point onward, because he's trying oh, to yeah. use it to track down the home racker. Yes. <laughs> and it turns out that the whole movie really is set in motion because Mr. Tam, the home wrecker, doesn't want to be caught. So yeah. <laughs> so his second in command, I guess, his assistant, offers the idea of, why don't we get an evil wizard to kill him? <laughs> you know, not do. Exactly. You know, get Black Magic Man to blow him away. <laughs> and so he does. 
Oh my god. You know what? I actually think it might be a little bit of a missed opportunity for them to not do like a weird Cinderella situation, but yeah. for him to find the person he's going to kick the fuck out of. I thought it was going to go that way as a joke. Like, I thought it was going to find Mr. Tam, you know, and then Mr. Tam would say something like, of course it fits. So, like, a million people in this country, yeah, this shoe exactly. will fit. Or he's just going up to, like, <laughs> random strangers and being like, take your shoe off! Take your shoe off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he kind of just tucks it away. You see it attached to, like, his back on his belt sort of thing. Yep. And I'm glad it is in view to remind us that the movie knows and the character knows that she was going to come into play at some point. Yeah. Like, that's that's one of the things as well, because that's, that's, like, the main thing, really. Like, the shoe itself is the thing that saves him in the end. It is, But yeah. it's it's not really sort of, like, the main focus. Like, to me, the film establishes, obviously, the wife cheating, and and it obviously mentions Master Tam, the homewrecker, who's played by Ha Huang, and... That's sort of like the first bit of the film. To me, I kind of like the fact that in the middle, it focuses obviously on the black magic monk trying to take out Chung, but kind of like this good versus evil battle between uh, Su and Chin Hai. And it's sort of like, no, you know, hide in the coffin. I'll cover you with these like magical runes or wards or something yeah and then the black magic monks like i'm going to possess things i'm going to you know cause shenanigans to try and kill you it's like i i prefer that focus than the adultery angle but i do like oh, the fact that too. the the sort of shoe does come back and it sort of circles back on itself like oh yeah the whole reason this whole thing has happened is because yes his wife did cheat on him yeah and we have missed a minor spook at the beginning as well, which happens just before this, where um, Bold Chung is being bold, so his friends dare him to do one of the ghost games, many ghost games that exist in many cultures. Yep. And this is this is where we get our first real ghost of the film. Ooh, that's right. Like the, the the friends, the friends themselves are like, haha, silly, silly Chung, it's just us playing silly prank. Haha, you got goofed on. And then <laughs> one gets you know, eaten. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then he just gets eaten. And it's gets like, dragged into the mirror at light speed. Oh my god, yeah, like how fast that arm comes <laughs> back. Like obviously the footage is sped up, but at the same time it's like I'm amazed the speed didn't kill him. Never mind the arm. <laughs> he just went it's like, oh my god, he's gone. But, yeah, you know what? I think as a sort of setup for what you're expected to see throughout the entire film, that first sort of bit in terms of the spooks that you're going to get plays it off really well. It because, does. like, the, the long arm is just a very B-movie-looking prosthetic where it is just clearly, <laughs> like, a long, like, plank with a glove on the end of it or something. It's, it's like, yes. Yeah. The film holds nothing back in that regard. It doesn't pretend to be serious at all no but it takes itself in its genre extremely seriously yeah it puts a ton of effort and detail into the horror into the comedy and into the kung fu which i'm sure we'll get to in a bit oh yes and it really goes to show that samo really cared about this film i mean he was the director the writer the main character and the choreographer. the choreographer as well. Yeah, it was a whole event. He basically <laughs> made the whole package. He did have others helping with some of the writing, some of the choreography and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was primarily a him film. 
And I find that a lot with Asian cinema, not just in China, where the person acting will also be the director and the writer and slash this and slash that. And surprisingly, they turn out completely different to how we would expect them to turn out in the West. Exactly, yes. They're not like pieces where they try and make themselves out to be the best ever as some modern films like may tend to do in the West. movie sort of passion projects make them out to be like, I'm the best sex magnet action man. Exactly. Instead, the film just has this character to it. And the main character is part of this world. It's believable. Sure, he does have godly kung fu prowess. Yes. But that's not really played up much because he's against ghosts and he's scared of ghosts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I also love the fact that if this was a passion project that was done for like a B movie as well, it would have that factor of like, oh, it's a ghost. Don't worry, baby. I'll protect you. Oh, but in God, this yeah. one, it's literally just like, no, <laughs> he knows for a fact that this ghost could literally kill him. So he's like terrified. His movements are sort of erratic. Yes, he's yes. fighting back, but it's not as if he's fighting back with the intent of, oh, I can win. It's like, no, I'm holding myself at bay at best. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. And it it goes to show that while he is the main character, he doesn't have the same kind of plot armour that other characters may have. No. But I would like to make a brief mention, honourable mention, of one of the jokes when they introduce the two priests. Oh, yeah. It's just an excellent example of almost like subversion that I really like in cinema. And it's when the evil priest, who's obviously an evil priest, he's killing people. He's going against his traditions and his teachings. Yeah. He's speaking with the good priest. The bad priest says, why don't you join me? Yeah. So the good priest says... No, thank you. And the bad one, the evil priest that's killing people says, understandable, have a nice day. Just don't tell anyone, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just really love that. It's like, look, bro, you know, we've, we've been together a while. I know I just told you my intentions and the fact that you know I'm a murderous psychopath, but <laughs> just keep it between us, yeah? You yeah, know? keep it between <laughs> us, all right? Um, you're free to leave. <laughs> No, yeah, I do like that. I like the fact that it isn't just immediately like, I've got to kill you now. Prepare to die. It's like, no, 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 go on. You could go anyway. I'll keep it a secret. Don't worry. It's kind of like we're brothers in arms. We have the same knowledge and, you know, the same beliefs, kind of. But we're just going down different paths. So I'm not going to attack you specifically. Yeah. Because I have a job to do against Bold Chung instead. And just a, just a small bit to add on to that as well, which is due to the storytelling aspect, or at least the visual storytelling aspect, is that I kind of like the fact that each retrospective priest has their strengths in a different area. Like, mm. to me, the good priest is better at physical, like, hand-to-hand -hand weapon combat. Oh, yeah. Because he obviously wins that fight between himself and the evil priest but when it comes to actual like magic and spells and like a ranged fight the actual bad priest the black magic one has the upper hand so i like the fact that they both have this sort of skill set which is portrayed of one being better than the other in that like retrospective field i actually really enjoyed that to be honest because that same. way it stops them from just being oh we are the same person just on different sides yeah, although they technically do have the same knowledge, with Chin having more expertise in the field, as stated by Tzu, he still seems to be on the defensive a lot. Yeah, he really does. And they are mostly even in terms of power. Yeah. But there's the offensive side, and there's a defensive side, and it's how you use it that exactly. matters. Exactly, yeah. And that's sort of what Tzu is trying to say at the beginning. 
Before moving on to talk about the meat of the movie, which is the comedic action kung fu sections, I just think that we should at least address the elephant in the room, which is pretty much how the female characters in this film are portrayed. I I personally think that they're portrayed not not well, if I'm honest. No, they, no not in the best light. Not in the best light, because I think pretty much most of them are portrayed as some sort of cheaters in some way. Yeah, cheaters, complainers, backstabbers. Yes. <laughs> exactly. It all comes full circle in the end where, <laughs> where <laughs> Bold Jesus. Chung beats his wife. Because she's a cheater and she was on board with Tam killing Chung. Exactly, yeah. So she kind of gets her just desserts there as a background evil. But at the same time, this portrayal of women or females in general is very common in Chinese cinema at this era. Yeah. I don't know if it is still. I haven't seen too many Chinese kung fu movies made in the 2020s. No. But I think we can kind of give it a small push away. Yeah. Because the characters in Spooky Kind are meant to be over-the-top caricatures with no real depth, and they're just there to usually set up other jokes. And I think that's how they're used here. So I don't think they're trying to send any messages with these characters. No, absolutely not. Just chuck it up pretty much to write in due to a relic of older times, pretty much. Yeah, and cultural differences, which also will lead to certain other possible jokes down the line, not hitting the notes maybe it could have. But yeah, I think we can give the treatment of the female characters a somewhat kind of pass here. It's still not good, and that's why it no. bears mentioning. <laughs> of course, yeah. But there's no deeper meaning on No, there isn't. So I, Yeah, so I think theme. we and put that to rest. Now, let's move that story stuff. Let's put that... Throw it in the bin, right? Push it over there. Put it on the shelf, right? We're done with that. Story story's over. That's not really what we're here to talk about. They want kung fu zombie action. <laughs> they, they want to hear about, you know, does he fight himself a hopping Chinese vampire zombie thing? You know what? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Does he fight himself against civilians and swordsmen yes yes he does well just one arm just one of his arms he's, he's beating himself up along with others around him yes he is voodoo curses of course there is of course there's voodoo curses in this film all of them every fight scene every gimmick used in a fight scene is done superbly i love pretty much every fight scene in this film and that is rare for yeah. any type of martial arts film, for you to enjoy every fight scene. And it's the fact that every single one is wholly unique. Yes. I believe we really gave is. Chocolate a lot of praise because each fight scene was unique in a way, like the, the stage was unique or the actions were unique. Spooky Kind is kind of, in my opinion, maybe a little bit better at I doing this. I think so, yes. I, because definitely. not only... Are the fights in a unique location and use unique objects? But the situations are so vastly different. We mentioned him fighting the Jiangxi, and that's a weird robot choreographed fight where there are like quick movements. Yes, because they don't they don't half arse it. They don't just have they it. They really be, don't. Here's a guy dressed up 
and it's just going to be a typical 1v1 fight. It's just the theme is he may or may not be a vampire zombie thing. No, they they know for a fact this is a corpse. They know for a fact that this corpse is probably going to be stiff. Its movements aren't going to be flexible. It is going to move like it's constantly doing the robot. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, it it is. And it does, and it moves like it should, and the fight is epic. It does the splits, which is slightly questionable, but <laughs> it, it, it was a great scene, so I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to ignore the fact it does the splits. And it also moves like it's being puppeteered or controlled, which it is yes, at this it point. Is. There are some supernatural elements to the fight. There are parts where the Jiangxi seems very strong, stronger than a, a corpse should be. Exactly, there are times yes. when it's on the floor, and it just in plank style very stiffly raises itself from the grave like a stereotypical vampire oh i love the bit where it actually lowers itself because chung's under the oh, lowers table. itself to look under the coffin <laughs> yeah. yeah and you could just see <laughs> yeah. it like at first i thought like oh my god it's actually just gonna fall over they're just gonna <laughs> cut away before it hits the ground it's like that's such a good scene and the thing is about these fights is that it's not just about beating the enemy. Usually, every single fight in this is a way of countering the black magic monk. So, Chung's whole, like, motive in this fight against the Jiangxi is that he's not trying to actually beat it up. He's trying to make it so he can reverse the possession so that the corpse isn't active anymore. And yes, this does involve him fighting it, but he also has all these ingredients. He has eggs he has blood he has dogs bollocks has which is a dogs. weird one yeah a basket <laughs> yeah. full of dogs remains and i sort of love that aspect because it's not just oh if you manage to knock it down you're safe that's not yeah. going to be the case it's the whole point of he has got to somehow remove the possession and that exactly. adds that little extra bit of threat that i really enjoy and that's the thing with the majority of the supernatural fights they're for survival I think the actual defensiveness itself is definitely portrayed more in the possessed armchair fight. Oh, definitely. Although the actual sort of zombie vampire fight thing at the beginning is obviously still on the defensive because he doesn't want (laughs) his body split in half by this supernatural (laughs) being. But... I do think that that fight at the beginning is a good way of establishing the ramp up of the film because that gives you the possession. It gives you the fact that you're going to actually get the supernatural creatures. And there are a few other small fights where it's like, oh, this is Chung's escape from prison fight. You know, this is Chung beating up a few guys because they've, you know, done something bad or something like that. But I think the second fight that sticks out to me that is probably my most favorite fight in the entire film is the possessed hand chair fight yeah i can agree with that it really shows in that fight specifically just how great samo is yes. in his choreography just his movements i didn't realize a guy that looked like that could move like that oh he is very energetic in this film he's super energetic but it also goes to show just how great Samo's kung fu is, his acting, his miming skills. Yes, yeah, exactly. The actual miming, I guess, technique or skills that he shows of his hand being like a separate possessed being on his <laughs> body is so good to watch. It's such a complex fight. He's fighting his hand and his hand is fighting him. 
but he's also fighting the bar people because his hand is trying to kill them. So he's fighting <laughs> them to defend them from the hand that's fighting them to try and kill them. Exactly. And there are like three or four elements here that are interwoven in this fight. And every single action that Samo takes is believable. It feels like his hand is trying to kill him and others, and he's defending others from the hand, and in doing so, he causes himself harm. Yes, exactly, yeah, because I reckon he probably still feels the pain if he's like, God damn it, I'm giving myself a dead arm! Why am <laughs> exactly. I doing and this? There are times where he pulls his arm away just to get punched in the face by someone. Yes, and I'm pretty sure he also, like, grabs his arm and, like, flips himself to, like, uh, yes, drop he does. on the yeah. floor yeah, he well. does. <laughs> Oh, oh. So good. It's just a great blend of the supernatural, comedy, and kung fu action. And it's the tone really is set from that Jiangxi fight. Yeah. And it just continues. Almost every fight in this film is absolutely amazing. And it's actually really hard to pick a favourite. Yes, I would say so, yeah. Because the first fight, honestly, is very, very close. Just because yeah. of how well they do that choreography in that fight. Like, that's pretty damn close to being my favourite. And then immediately after that, we get the stool fight, which is also amazing. And that's a similar theme to the first fight as well, because the whole point is, again, Chung is on the defensive because his arm's possessed. Sue goes off and does a, awesome, a pretty awesome, but not really standout Jedi fight kind of thing. I thought it was a really cool fight. It was a really cool fight, yeah. It's just, I think, compared to the actual fights with Chung, they don't... <laughs> it doesn't yeah. stand out that much. That's sadly. true, that's true. But he ends up beating the Black Magic guy and his hands back. But I love the fact that this motherfucker does not get a break. He does not at <laughs> all. The minute his hand's not possessed anymore, the police come and they've all got swords... And these yeah. guys are like, look, you either come with us quietly or we are actually going to murder you with swords. <laughs> and he doesn't come quietly because he's like, no, I'm going to stand my ground. God damn it. I did not murder my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't get a break even in that fight. There's a moment where after fighting off all of these swordsmen with a tiny wooden stool, yeah. he tries to very slyly sit on it in a smarmy way. And as oh he does so, the whole thing collapses. He just falls on his ass. That really got me. That, that was it on point. It got me as well. I think it's the fact as well that as he's descending to sit on the stool, his <laughs> head's already in his hands like, yeah, you see what I just did? It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like that you... one time he tries to be a bit of a <laughs> bit of a git. Okay, there's your ego, Chunk. Look what That's it's it. done. <laughs> Oh my god, but that, that fight is just phenomenal. I love that fight. I ended yeah. up re-watching that specific fight at least two or three times, it was great. Uh -huh. But as much as this film does try to sort of outdo itself, because it does have that weird sort of theme, well I say weird, it does have that theme of after the Jiangxi fight, it sort of wants to upscale. It's like, right, we've done that. How do we do it next? Oh, what about if Trunk fights himself and then a bunch of swordsmen? Yeah, that's great. That's a better upscale. And then it's like, how do we end the film? The most annoying way possible is how they end the film. And yeah. it kind of ruins the entire final fight. I wouldn't say ruins, but it does definitely lower its standing compared to the others. What happens here is... Both the priests are now gathered together, and they have this pretty funny sort of 
my tower's bigger than your tower, ha ha ha, moment. Yes. When they're sort of measuring up literally to each other. But then when the final actual fight happens, it's not really Chung versus people. No, it's it's not. Chung possessed by one of the deities from Chinese mythology versus another person who's possessed by one of the deities from Chinese mythology. Which sounds like a cool concept, am I right? (laughs) Exactly, and while I really do enjoy the concept, I don't enjoy the sound effects they threw along with it. No. Because there are are some parts during the fight, a few too many times, where the characters just speak in very, very sped-up Chinese. Yeah. And I don't mind it the first one or two times, because it's like, these are gods... Maybe they yeah. talk in ways we mortals don't understand. This is like god language or something. Exactly, yeah. and because they're such great fighters, maybe they're just moving a lot faster than humans would. Yeah. And that's fine. But it happens way too often. And in the middle of these really cool action fight sequences where Chung's pretending to be the Monkey King and he's hanging from a beam and scratching his armpit, there are moments where they just stand there, look at each other and just go... And it's, why? Why yeah. do you have to do that? 15 times. (laughs) And we've already mentioned the fact that Chung's actual physical acting, like, it's real good. It's phenomenal. I'm going to watch his other films just because of this. I've heard Mr. Vampire's really good. And there's a sequel to Encounter of the Spooky Kind, which I would love to see. So I'm definitely going to watch more films based solely on Samo's performance and his choreography. And that comes through in this fight. Like you it said, really does. he acts like a monkey possessed human would, and he is swinging around, he's itching himself. When he does <laughs> the occasional monkey noise, that's actually fine. I don't mind That's all right, that. yeah. Occasional is the key. Y- yes, occasional is indeed the key word. And they use the fucking chipmunk noise or whatever that garbage is so much that I was just like, please, please just stop. Please, yeah. just kill kill Tam or whatever's happening. I kind of just want this to end, which is sad <laughs> because the yeah. choreography is still phenomenal. Yeah, and what annoyed me the most about that is it happened so often, I thought we were supposed to know what they were saying to oh, okay. give context to the fight. Yeah. And maybe if you slow it down and translate the original Chinese, maybe it does say something within the context of the fight, like the gods are actually conversing. But... Maybe it's to do with the Blu-ray release. I don't know. But the subtitles I was watching with didn't have Chinese or English subtitles for those sped-up talking sections. No. So I'm led to believe we weren't supposed to understand what they were saying. It was literally just noise. It's just noise. It's just noise that they play too many times. If there were subtitles or a way to understand what they were saying to add context to the fight, that would be okay. Because at least then you know they're conversing. But when it's just, it's a sound effect that sounds like sped up talking, it kind of just grates on me a bit. Yeah. Because now it's just an annoying sound effect. And the fight itself is lowered just because of that. It really sort is. Sort of error with the dialogue or whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah. And it's just upsetting because they have like a ring fight where like a chakram's used. And it's yeah. like the Monkey King versus someone using the Chakram, which is pretty damn cool. You have sort of like a spear versus sword fight, and the actual weapon techniques that they use in that fight are really visually pleasing. I believe Chung is using the spear. I believe he's possessed by Naja at this point, because he has yeah. the red tabard and he acts like a teenager or a child. Yes, yes he does. 
Like you said, you know for a fact that Chung, when he's possessed by the Naja or whatever, is a child because he, he falls to the floor and kicks up the sand. And has a hissy fit, he's, yeah. Yeah, he has a hissy fit. Yeah. He's behaving like a child. We don't need them to Alvin and the Chipmunks us to know that they're talking or upset or to get what these characters are. Yeah, or that they're possessed because the entire voice and demeanour changes. Yes, and... One of the things that I will say is a missed opportunity. Not so much whether it would have actually fit the theme or not, I don't know. But seeing more of the wizards playing with dolls would have been great, if I'm honest. Oh, yeah. I would have loved to see cuts of Chung fighting with whoever he's fighting at the time, probably Tam. And yeah. then it cuts to the priests just playing pretend fights with the with the dolls, yes, like action figures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And you just see one of them, like, flipping it around and, like, grabbing the leg. And it's like, <laughs> And yeah, then Chung yeah, does a flip, yeah. or, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would have been great. I would have loved to see that. But we did get a lot of the, we grab a doll and start muttering. Yes, yes, we did. I believe that joke did get a bit old near the end. That's true. Although I will say that one is a little less annoying because it's not so, like, high-pitched or sped up. Because it fits. It fits what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's it's absolute gibberish, I believe. I believe they're just holding a doll and going... Yes. But I like that joke, just as it is. As he's, like, shaking his face and his jowls and his cheeks are going all over the place. He's sweating. He's like, yeah. It's like, yes, summon the spirits! I do like that as a joke. I do think it was utilised a little too often, though. Yes. But I think the whole spellcasting segments were used quite a bit in the film too, because that's what it's about. Yes, it's these two magic users basically trying to outdo one another pretty yeah. much. I mean, it does get a little bit weird with the headless chicken waving about. And yes. obviously we mentioned <laughs> we mentioned the dead puppy, which we do briefly see alive before it's implied that was the one that was killed. Yep. I mean, they've got to get those bollocks, so... Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> it, it could be that you know those could be seen as a, a, a dated thing it could be seen as a cultural difference a, a comedy in bad taste sort of like the man with the stroke is a setup to a joke no that is true and honestly i think i think talking about some of the actual comedy bits that aren't integrated to the fighting is sort of like where the film drops off a little for me just a tiny yeah. bit yeah that's where it shows its differences from time and uh, culture. There's a storytelling thing about cheating spouses. I kind of like that. The Tofu Avenger was talking about himself, in, and that yes. was the punchline to the story. I like that. And I like the fact that he's sort of like full of himself when he's telling the story as well. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I know better I, than you. Your wife's cheating on you. Victorious. I know it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, <laughs> you're still with me, aren't you? It's like, yeah, well, don't air out all the dirty laundry, you dingus. Stop it. <laughs> There's the whole sugar thing. Sure, I'll go buy sugar, but what if I eat it all? I yes. I don't get that. I, <laughs> I honestly don't get, don't get that, that joke. either. Um, I can see what it might be, but I'm not sure. No, absolutely I don't know if not. they're calling her fat, greedy, if they're just saying that she's spiteful. There might be a reference in like mythology or Chinese culture somewhere about someone eating sugar that we don't know yeah. about. There's also the yes-no joke with the stroke victim as well. And that's the thing. Whether or not they intended it, there is a pun there on stroke. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> but yeah. I actually really enjoyed that joke. Because although I do think most audiences won't be able to tell what the joke is, I believe the context speaks for itself. Yeah. Because the tofu vendor has had a stroke, but he's the only possible witness. So they ask him to write 
yes or no on a piece of paper. So he starts writing the character. And presumably he's writing the character for yes, because as we know he's he was there and he's telling the truth. And what happens is the inspector pulls the paper away too soon. And it looks like the character for no. But the vendor continues to write. And we find out that if you put those two pieces together, it makes the character for to have or to exist. Yes. Or something along those lines. He was there. Not explicitly yes, but a way to write yes that works for the joke. Because when you pull it away, when only part of the character is finished, it looks sort of like the character for no. And I enjoy that style of like punnage. No, yeah, for sure. Even if I didn't understand it at first, and I did honestly have to check up the characters myself to understand the joke, I sort of understood it anyway based on the context. And I think that's one of the two major differences in terms of how we both viewed this film. Because you watched the subbed version of this film. I, on the other hand, watched the dub version of this film. And I'm not going to lie, the dub is god-awful. There's, there's parts where it works. There's parts where they actually do intentionally do a good job, but most of the voice lines are delivered like dryly, or they don't fit the character, or they just sound off to what's happening in the scene. Typical, you know, 90s, 80s dub schlock, pretty much. Trying to keep up with lip flaps rather than make sense. Than just trying to say sentences exactly, yes. And yeah. that joke... I understood fully, but that's just because the dub decided to shove that joke down my throat by being like, you know, oh, see, he's writing, yes, yes, he's writing, you know, yes, I was there, yes, see, and then he pulls, the the inspector pulls it away, and it's like, no, see, he wrote no. And the thing is, is that I enjoyed the joke. I thought it was actually a really good joke. I saw what was kind of happening, and I understood it due to the dub, but it's just the fact that the dub itself tries really hard to convey what the joke is, that it's just <laughs> sort of like, oh, okay. I mean, I get it. Thanks, dub. However, I will say that the actual dub itself does deliver some cracking lines, though. So there's the bit where Chung meets the good monk Sue for the first time, and, you know, he's... T- he's the monk's telling him, like, you know, oh, there's a black magic monk after you. He's going to kill you. I can protect you with my magic. And Shang's like, you know, black magic? You mean a wizard that uses magic? That's all crap, man. If you conjure up some money, I'll believe you. It's like, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, that's that's an amazing... I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I laughed. I verbally laughed when he said that because it was so blatantly... We don't know this that they're talking about, so we've just got to find the, like, American or European equivalent or something. And it's just like, you know, you're talking about wizards? Man, come drop me some money and I'll believe you! It's like, okay. That's quite funny, actually, because in the sub, that is basically what the subs say. Oh, okay. Now, I can't attest to whether or not the subs themselves are based off of the English slash American audio or not. But that is what the sub said in my uh, subbed version. Damn, maybe the dub was closer than I thought, then I guess. (laughs) It's also possible that for the DVD or Blu-ray release, they included subs for the English version, and you can just apply those subs to the Chinese version. But yeah, Encounter of the Spooky Kind, I, I love this film, to be honest. As I already stated, the dub took me out of it a bit, but the actual physical acting... The physical comedy, the fights, 
all of that was stellar. It is prime kung fu action with some good implemented supernatural elements, and the comedy is integrated really well into the fight scenes, although I don't really care much for the comedy outside of that. Like, the, the comedic aspects were still there, and some of them were fun, but the actual, like, fast-paced action followed by, like, you know, the smarmy sit-down, that is such a such a juxtaposition of what just happened, <laughs> that when he fell down, I loved it, I laughed, I thought that was great. Yeah. And the story itself, it's not complex, honestly, it's pretty simple, they don't really delve much into it. Like, they set the story up, and it's a good vessel for the fights, and I think that's all it needs to be. Although, if they did sort of have some more heartfelt moments between the good monk and the bad monk, and sort of, like, their different viewpoints a little more, that might have been a bit more interesting, that might have been good. Overall, as it stands, due to the fact that I watched the dub version, I would probably give Encounter of the Spooky Kind a 7 out of 10. Yourself? I do think that the physical comedy in action is the strongest point of the movie. Like, bar none, it's, it's what you watch these for. And it utterly kills in that aspect. I didn't realise how much of the movie had passed while watching it. It was an utter treat. As far as 80s era Chinese kung fu flicks go, whenever I watch one, this movie being no exception, I remember why I love them so much. They are just so excellent. And Encounter of the Spooky Kind is just a perfect blend, I think, of physical comedy, action, and horror themes. It's not yes. a horror film, but it does borrow a lot from horror mythology, has horror elements, has supernatural elements, it has a mirror ghost. I mean, it's got everything you'd expect. It's got a lovely variety that you can expect. <laughs> it's got a lovely variety, yeah. Of not satirical horror, because it's not making fun of the horror genre so much, but it's really using this horrific situation to portray like a really funny and interesting story that carries a lot of entertainment value and i think because of that and because they had some really fun slapstick in there that reminded me of some old british comedy and the quality of the acting and the combat in general i'm willing to look past some jokes that may be a bit in bad taste so i would probably give it about a 7.5 and this is for the sub version yeah and on that note, Fruitball fans, comes the end of this spooky kind of episode. As always, don't forget to follow us on Spotify and all other major podcast platforms to catch new episodes every Friday. Or support us directly by going to anchor.fm forward slash Fruitball Weekly. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fruitball Weekly to keep up to date with Fruitball news, any giveaways we may be doing, or to catch our fan-picked review polls every four weeks. Please send any feedback or any Fruitball episode ideas to us at fruitballweekly at gmail.com and we will catch you next week. See you then. See you then.